Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Here we are, week number four on this series on the glorious church of Jesus Christ. And we're going to start to get into what actually fashions the glorious church. Who are we? What are these, these things that the Bible says are the ingredients of the glorious church of Jesus Christ? So I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 2. And we're going to go to our core scripture. We're going to read from verse 42 down to 46. It says, and they continued steadfastly, as we found out just the other Sunday. They continued continuing. They never gave up. They continued in the apostles' teaching and in fellowship and they broke bread and they prayed. That's all I'm going to um, address today. Um, it's a very powerful scripture. It gives us four things that were absolute core ingredients of a healthy, growing, glorious church as it exploded on the day of Pentecost. And this carried on through the book of Acts. You can find these four things throughout the book of Acts. They are always being emphasized. And that is the word of God being taught, the fact that everybody came together, they were a family together, everybody prayed, and there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ as they broke bread together. So today I want to address the first of the four issues here, and that is the living word of Almighty God. You know, a healthy church, a glorious church, is going to be a church that understands the power and the authority that there is in the word of God. At the time, the Lord himself came and um, he, you know, the Bible says that the word was made flesh. His name is the Word of God, the Bible tells us. And obviously for 30 years, he was sort of hidden. But then at the time he came out and he began to teach and he began to preach, the Bible says this. It says, and he went about all of Galilee. He taught in the synagogues. He preached the good news of the kingdom and he healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease from among the people. He did three things and you find this all the way through the Gospels. He preached the word of God and that was to bring transformation, to bring people to a decision to have a heart for God, really. The Bible says he healed people and he set people free. Everywhere he went, he absolutely exploded in the power and the anointing of Almighty God and he set captives free. But the third thing he did, and everywhere he went, it says this, people came to hear him and to be healed. What did he do? He taught the Word of God. He taught about the Kingdom of God. He taught the principles. He taught about the character of God. He talked about the state of man. He talked about how to have a heart for God. He taught about all of these things. So today we want to talk about the teaching Word of God, the taught Word of our God. The Bible says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. See, something happens at the point and as a result of somebody hearing and understanding on the inside the word of Almighty God. See, so often before a person can enter into something that God has for them, they need to understand something else about God or about his kingdom. Because as we hear the truth, the truth empowers us to live the Christian life. 
there is something really powerful about the word of Almighty God. No wonder the early church exploded because at the very start they understood, well, I've been around three and a half years around the Saviour and we heard him teach time and time and time and time again. There were some times he just taught out there publicly and then other times he took his disciples aside and he taught them more powerfully, more forcefully, more, uh, you know, perhaps a bit, a bit more about the things that he couldn't say to the masses. I don't know. The Bible doesn't always say the things that he taught. But the, it is really, really clear. For three and a half years, he taught the apostles. He taught the people. So it's obvious that on the day that the church exploded and they thought, we've got to carry this on now. And Jesus said, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything until you've received the power of God upon your life. But after that point, it isn't a surprise to me that absolutely central to the church of Jesus Christ and the health of the church and therefore the health of our church and any other church that exists today, absolutely central is going to be the emphasis on the taught word of God. The Bible says the word of God is spirit and life. The word of God is truth. The Word of God is food. Just listen to some of these. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is creative. The Word of God is a seed. The Word of God is upright. The Word is a lamp unto our feet, our feet and a light unto our path. The Word of God is exalted even above the name of God. The Word of God brings understanding. The Word of God is eternal. It is right and true. The Word of God is faithful. The Word of God is living and active. The Word of God will purify your life. The Word of God brings faith, unshakable, strong, great faith into our lives. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides your spirit, your soul, the joints, the marrow, divides you all up on the inside and discerns what's going on on the inside. The Word of God will release the power of God. The Word of God is breathed by the Holy Spirit. The Word of God upholds all things. The Word of God is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Word of God is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Word of God, as we know from John chapter 1, is spoken by God, is with God, and is God Himself. God and His Word are one. See, God's Word that we have here contained in the Bible, well, the Bible is the Word of God. It, it speaks to us. It, it has authority. It's not just a history book. It's not just a book about, you know, how the church started or the things about Jesus. This is actually the Word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword. I know there's a whole load of debate and has been over the centuries about the Bible and the efficacy of the Bible and the authority authority of the Bible. But I want to stand here today and say the Bible is the truth of God in print. As God speaks to us, He speaks to us out the pages. This book is alive. It upholds all things. It doesn't need to be added to and there isn't anything that can be taken away. The Word of God, this is the sword of the Spirit which gives us authority to live our everyday lives. It says in Ephesians chapter 4 that as Christ ascended, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. And the gifts he gave were the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher to equip the saints, you know, to empower our lives, to build the church, etc. And it says this, that we all speak the truth in love. 
See, God has got a plan for our lives that involves speaking the truth of God's word. But for us to speak the truth of God's word, God's word needs to be spoken into our lives. The early church, they devoted themselves to hearing what the apostles had to say as they taught the word of Almighty God. It says that as we speak the truth in love, as God's word is taught, that the whole of the body grows up and becomes a perfect man, which is Christ, the Lord Jesus as the head, the church as the body in the earth. But it says this, how it's done is through the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and the teacher of God's word. It gives us an understanding as to the emphasis that Almighty God has on the effective information and the effective communication of God's word being taught in the context of the body of Christ. The early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and us as Citygate Church and every other church on the, on the face of the earth today has to have the same devotion to the written word of God. All sorts of problems can start happening when you go off of what is written in the Word of God or try to start to argue it away or explain it away or say that's passed away. Well, God didn't really, you know, yes, he said that in the Bible, but he means something different. Or, you know, the thing I'm hearing a lot now is, yeah, but the Bible was written 2,000 years ago. You know, but for anybody to say the Bible's an old book, so therefore we need to change our understanding and some of the things it says, well, they wouldn't say it today, would they? They don't understand that this book is breathed by the Holy Spirit and it's absolutely vital that our lives are built on it is spoken by God and every time the devil came against Jesus, the Lord Jesus defeated him with the written word of God. And we've got to understand there's power in the written word of God. And we need to be fed the word of God and we need to be speaking the word of God. We need to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. So the apostles' teaching, what is the apostles' teaching? Let's sort of get into this today. Well, obviously the easiest thing to do is to read the things the apostles said. So we can go to the book of Acts and we can go through all the epistles, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, you know, all of the books that are there that are sent to the churches to bring information, understanding, exhortation, edification, encouragement. It's here in print. And um, I just want to encourage us today, really, to spend time in the New Testament. Ephesians, what a powerful book. Galatians, dealing with, you know, we aren't under law, we're under grace. There's Colossians about holiness and the life of God and the church together. There's Philippians, that incredible partner letter of the Apostle Paul. But in all of these letters, Corinthians and Romans, Hebrews. Hebrews is one of the most powerful books in the Bible. It tells us about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and the covenant that we have once and for all in the blood of Jesus. And we have a boldness and a confidence to enter right into the throne room of God. We have the books of 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, which are just fantastic books about who God is. Of course, we have the Gospels, but to understand the things that the apostles taught to build the church, we need to be reading the epistles in the Bible. As we think about this today, I want to encourage us. You know, it says in 2 
uh, Timothy. And in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, I charge you, therefore, Timothy, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearance and his kingdom, to preach the word of God, to be ready in season and out of season, to convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and with all teaching. There it is. For the time will come when people will not endure sound teaching. I wonder if that time has come in the earth today. I don't know. It says, but according to their own desires, their own feelings, what they want to hear, what they want to be encouraged with or fed with, according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves a whole load of teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth of God's word and be turned aside to fables, to stories. It says, but you, Timothy, want you to keep your eyes open, endure all things, and do the work of an evangelist to fulfill your ministry before God. Here is this incredible charge from Paul to Timothy. Paul, who had started the church at Ephesus, he'd preached every day, he'd taught rather, every day in the school of Tyrannus when he was kicked out of the synagogue, every day for two years. The church was born from a teaching ministry. Now, of course, there were signs and wonders, incredible things happened at Ephesus. But for two years, he taught every day. Now he's handed over to Timothy and he said, Timothy, I want you to spend time with God's word. If you read 2 Timothy all the way through, he's saying, feed on the word of God. Strengthen people with the word of God and with grace. It's all the way through the books. But here he's saying, I want you to teach, to convince, to encourage, to rebuke. Come on, I want you to sort the church out. I want you to keep it straight with the word of Almighty God. Because what people want to do is they want to hear something that really, you know, comes from their own desires, from their own itching ears. Things, oh yeah, I want to hear about this. I want to hear about that. They don't just want to hear what the word of God says. So it's really important that everything that is taught in a church comes straight out the word of God. It's great to add parables. It's great to add stories, life experiences, of course. But we've got to be teaching the written word of Almighty God. So I've just got a number of things here to think about. The first thing is this, that there is authority and there is the revealing by God of his word when somebody teaches. When somebody teaches under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and when we hear the taught word of God under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and our hearts are open to the Holy Spirit, something happens that is so powerful. When the Lord came, you know, everybody who heard him said, we've never heard teaching like this before. It's got such authority. It's got such life. They just heard people repeating information. But all of a sudden there was Jesus Christ. And as he spoke, it's as if the lights turned on. It's as if the, their whole lives were transformed. And the Bible says, as we renew our minds to God's word, our whole lives are transformed. That's not just by a little bit of encouragement. That's by the taught word of Almighty God that's sharper than any two-edged sword, that is alive, that upholds all things, that is miraculous and healing and powerful. As that word is taught, something changes on the inside of us. When you hear the word of God, it goes right into your heart. I'm not talking about somebody, you know, who can, you know, easily quote scripture, but all of us can receive the word of God in a powerful way in our heart 
for it to turn our world upside down. See, something powerful happens on the inside. It's not just a tickling of our ears. It's not just a, a bit of excitement. Oh, that was a good word, Pastor. That was a good word. No, come on, this is the Word of God. <laughs> Sharper than any two-edged sword. Upholding all things. The Bible says He sent His Word and healed people. As He spoke, the captives were set free. Something powerful happens when the Word of God is taught in authority. It's a life-changing encounter with the person of God through the Spirit of God as we hear the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I'm sure I can speak for all of us. We need to eat every day. If I just had a packet of crisps every day, there would be something really dysfunctional about my life and really, really sick about my life. I know we're in a day when everybody wants to eat healthy, which is fantastic. But if all I had was a Mars bar every day, nothing wrong with Mars bars, but if I just had one every day and that's all I ate, something would be very wrong with my physical health. I sort of asked myself the question, I wonder how many Christians are just having a Mars bar a day from the Word of God. Not that God's Word can be compared to unhealthy eating, don't misunderstand me, but just a bag of crisps a day, just a verse for the day that just comes up on our phone. It's just like, well, that's it. I've read my Bible verse for today. No, come on, the early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They would listen for hours. They were absolutely devoted every day. The apostles taught. I want to say that again. Every day the apostles taught and people came. Now I know we all live incredibly pressured lives now and jobs and traveling and families and, you know, but it's this attitude that I'm talking about on the inside. It's this attitude, the taught word of God. When God speaks, it brings insight and understanding and truth where the light turns on. And when God speaks, something happens on the inside. There's authority and we hear from God. It's not just knowledge with our head, it's knowledge with our heart. It's the revealed word of Almighty God. That's what we live by. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out the mouth of of the Father. Well, if we're going to live by every word, we, I need to be reading every word and I need to be taught every word. Really, really important. And of course, the Bible says that we now have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and we don't need anyone to teach us. That is not saying the opposite of what we're saying here, that, you know, you don't ever have to listen to teaching. No, it's saying, you know what? You can hear God for yourself on the inside and God speaks to you as other people are speaking doesn't have to be explained. God himself explains it on the inside as people teach the word of God. The second thing I want to talk about today is the content in the teaching. You see, there's a difference between the preached word of God, which brings a, you know, a response on the inside. People come to Christ or there's a transformation of some sort. But God's word needs to be taught. Information, line upon line, precept upon precept, really important that we understand... It isn't only just the big picture of the things of God, but the detail of the things of God. So I just want to, you know, split this up a bit into good food and bad food. The Bible obviously says God's word is food. So there's some bad food that people, you know, sometimes um, speak about. You know, Christ himself said this, people come and they teach their own um, 
traditions, and it actually says the traditions of, of, of the time, the traditions of men, makes God's word ineffective. So there's almost like a competition going on. Are you just going to go for the traditional stuff, or are you going to go for what God is speaking? And when I say tradition, I'm not just talking about a more traditional style of church, but if we just teach things about man, if we just you know, speak about things that I've thought up or I think are a good idea. That's very different from teaching the written word of God. The Bible says, you know, that in the end times, and we read this verse, that people are going to go to fables. To fables in the church of Jesus Christ. Fables. You know, things that are absolutely pointless. They have no power to them. Stories, nice little anecdotes, fables. Oh, I can remember when this happened to me and this story and that story. And I love stories and I like to tell stories and I like to include stories of how I've learned things in the past. But we still preach and teach the written word of Almighty God. Anything we add today is for a little bit of a, you know, clarification, a little bit of application. But the word of God itself can explain itself. The word of God itself is living and active. And as we hear the taught word of God, something changes on the inside. Let's not go back into fables and to old, it actually says old wives' tales. You know, just, oh, I remember somebody said to me about something and, oh, I can remember this. And so many things in God seem to be compromised as people say, oh, you know what? I can remember somebody said to me, you know, healing's passed away. Or somebody said to me, you know, the evil spirits are, oh, yeah, you know, if you've done this, then you've definitely got a demon. All sorts of exaggerations happen as people add their own opinions to the Word of God. It's absolutely vital that we're taught the uncompromised Word of God as written in the Bible. The Bible even says in bad food, the Bible says people will listen to the doctrines of demons. Now, that sounds really heavy, but, you know, something that the enemy always wants to do is to reduce the authority and the anointing and the power that there is in a congregation and in a church. And if he can get erroneous um, understandings or, or, you know, really just, just outright bad information, people teaching the wrong thing into a church, then you know what? The church is going to go off track. The power of God isn't going to be there. There's going to be all sorts of things start to happen. Sin will start to get in the church. All sorts of things will start to happen when people start to teach the doctrine of demons. You know, first and foremost, I often think that that comes down to, you know, um, an understanding of law that, you know, throws out our understanding of grace. We are not under law. Of course, we need to understand about these things, but we understand grace, that we come to God and we enter in with a boldness and a confidence because of grace. If we start getting into, you mustn't do this and you mustn't do that and you've got to look like this and you can't wear those clothes and you can't eat that food and you can't do all this stuff and you've got to do that stuff, you know what? We start to really get a bad understanding of what the gospel is all about and it becomes a gospel of we need to earn our salvation instead of an understanding that salvation has been freely given and we receive it by faith and by grace. So we got to keep away from old old, you know, fables, the wives' tales. We've got to keep away from the traditions of men, which makes God's word ineffective. And we've got to keep away from anything that emphasizes law 
over grace. But I don't want to spend too much time on the bad food. Let's think about the good food today. We like good food. Obviously, good food is going to be the Word of God itself. If you just open up the Bible, if somebody is just going through a book or go through, you know, an epistle or goes through a chapter, you know, and allows the Word of God to speak for itself, that is going to be good food. It's going to feed your life. Through the whole thing of the pandemic last year and the lockdown, I decided to go online every day and for 40 minutes every day, we went through books of the Bible. It took about five weeks each time to go through each of the epistles. Didn't go through all of them, but went through First John, went through James, went through different ones. And we went just through verse by verse by verse. Didn't overly preach it, just really talked about the verse for, you know, that half an hour. And it, it was such good food. It just fed our lives. It was so good to just go through line upon line, what does God say? Because the Word of God is obviously good food itself. Other things that are good food in the Bible, it says in 1 Timothy 4, 6, to be fed by the words of faith. If you hear somebody preach on faith from God's Word, it's always going to feed your spirit. It's always going to strengthen your life. The spirit of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So it's always going to be good food to hear somebody talk about the principles of faith. It's clear in the Gospels that the Lord himself, he spoke and he explained and he taught about some prophetic stuff. Things that are yet to come. Things that are going to happen in the whole spirit of the world and what's going to happen as the whole concept of God and, and you know, humanity goes through huge um, adjustments over the years. Jesus spoke right into that. He said, this is what's going to happen in the end times. It's what's going to happen now. And it's important that even though we certainly don't go overboard with some of this and we don't become, you know, an end time church and every time you come together, it's all about what's happening in the news and this is this sign and that's that fulfillment of that prophetic word. We certainly don't, you know, don't go overboard on it, but it's important that we understand what God's Word says about it. What else is good food? Well, anything that's for godly edification, the Bible says in 1 Timothy 1.4, to edify people. That can be to edify their family, their finances, their physical health, how they think, how they speak, how they react, how, you know, to have authority over your flesh and walk in the Spirit. There's so many things we need to be taught about. Things to build you up and not put you down. That's a good thing. And the Bible also compares God's Word to milk and to strong food. And it's important that we grow from just having, you know, the infant stuff and the milk going into God's strong food. It says here in Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12 going on to chapter 6 verse 2. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. He's speaking to the whole church here. That's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? It says you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. You've come to need milk and not solid food. He says you've regressed. He said you've gone backwards to needing, you know, the, the infant stuff. You, um, it says for everyone who partakes only of, of infant, infant food, the milk, is unskilled in the Word of God, for he is a baby. But strong food, solid food, belongs to those who are of full age, those who are growing up a bit. That is, they have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, we leave the discussion. You ready for this? 
of the elementary principles of Christ. Again, we're talking about the content of good food now, okay? It says, let us leave the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. Let us go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of the laying on of hands, and of being raised from the dead, and of eternal judgment. And it goes on then about some other things about, you know, the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. This is clearly saying that foundational teaching, are you ready for this? Foundational teaching is repentance from dead works, is faith, the laws of faith, the principles of faith. It says foundational understanding, the elementary principles, is how God works through baptism, whether that's sploshed in the tank as you know, we become a Christian, 3,000 were baptized on the day of Pentecost, or whether we're talking about being engulfed and empowered through the person of the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues and prophesying and all, the, and all the gifts of the Spirit and all the revealing of the Spirit and the words of knowledge and words of wisdom and the miracles, signs and wonders. This is the, the it says here, this is elementary principles. How we lay hands on people. I wonder if you've ever done that, laying hands on people. The Bible says here, it's elementary. We shouldn't have to go back and lay these things again. We want to go on to maturity and being raised from the dead. That's actually hit me over the last few weeks. We've talked about it quite a bit. Obviously, we've just had Easter when we absolutely celebrate Jesus Christ raised from the dead. But the Bible says you and I are going to be raised from the dead with the same physical body that we have today. It's going to be raised from the dead and he's going to live forever somewhere, either with God in heaven or apart from God in, in the abyss, in death and hell. And it says eternal judgment, which I've just really covered there. That's eternal judgment into life or into death. These things are elementary, and I suppose it sort of concerns me just a little bit, and I want to encourage you today, but it sort of concerns me that, you know, how, how high a percentage of the body of Christ haven't started to even get hold of some of these things, and yet the Bible says this is elementary. This is the infant food. And we've got to go on to maturity, how to live in authority in our lives, how to turn the world upside down, how to be Christ-like in the earth today. I want to encourage you today to be devoted to the taught Word of God. Absolutely vital that you're hearing good food from God's Word. You know, thirdly, today, as we you know, begin to come to a close here, what happens when we hear good teaching? What's the good fruit that comes from good teaching? Well, First and foremost, we get a greater understanding on the inside of Jesus Christ. Everything that's taught is going to help us to understand the heart of God. We're going to have a greater intimacy with God. When I hear his word taught and it impacts my life, I get a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, with Father God. It, it, it empowers me to walk in the Spirit more, to be more Christ-like. The Apostle Paul said this, and it's not really in the context of today. He said, you know what? I've got a passion. I'm going to press in to the things of God. Everything else, I, I'm just going to consider as absolute dung. I don't want it in my life. I'm absolutely focused on the glorious person of Jesus Christ and the power of God that works on the inside of me. And I can absolutely guarantee you this. He did that through God's word. 
as God spoke to him, he was obviously the one who was putting together the New Testament along with some others. We have it now in the book form, which is great. But as he was hearing from the Father, it was, it was helping him and empowering him to be more on fire for God, more Christ-like, more full of grace, more full of forgiveness, more full of the power of God to bring healing to other people, more able to bring truth into other people's lives. As we feed on the Word of God, we get a greater understanding intimacy with Jesus, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, and with the principles of the kingdom of God. What else happens? What's the good fruit from the good word of God being taught into our lives? It, it, it stirs up and empowers the authority of God in our lives for us to live in authority over the world, the flesh, and over the devil. Those are the three areas that we have authority in, the world, the flesh, and the devil himself. As we get hold of God's word, his word is the sword that we speak out of our mouths that gives us the victory in every situation. And our victory is faith. We know that. This is the victory that overcomes the world. It's our faith. And as we spend time in God's word, as we hear the taught word of God, I can remember early on in my Christian life, I was listening to probably eight hours a day of the taught word of God. Not just a bit of preaching about, hey, you're great and, you know, be encouraged and go on, you can do it. But the taught word of God about the principles of God on faith, authority, the blood covenant, the person of the Holy Spirit, how to prophesy, how to speak in tongues, how to lay hands on the sick, how to have a character that's a godly character, how to put down the flesh and to, and to strengthen your spirit, how to to wage war in the spirit, how to take authority in your environment, all of these things. You know, eight, ten hours a day, all night, I had a cassette tape playing. As I went to bed and I went to sleep with the Word of God, I got up with the Word of God. You may say, oh, that's just over the top, Pastor Jay. And well, perhaps it is, I don't know. But I see that. Come on, I was devoting myself. I needed to clear up a lot of mess in my life. God had to do it. And how did he do it? Through the taught word of Almighty God. The chapter and verse is important. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I've hidden your word in my heart, Lord, that I might not sin against you. Psalm 100 verses, uh, verses 9 and 11. You know what? There, there's such power in the written word of Almighty God. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. God has given us the power to create wealth to establish the covenant like he spoke to our forefathers. You know, there's power in the word of God. And as we feed on the word of God, it gives us authority in our lives over the world, over the flesh and over the devil. We have a dominion. We have a victory. What else is good fruit from the good teaching of God's word? Healing. Healing in your physical body. Healing in your emotions. Healing in your relationships. He sent his word and healed them all, the Bible says. His word was what healed people. You know what? The Lord Jesus never prayed for anybody. Never prayed for one person to be healed. He said, stand up. He said, stretch forth your hand. It wasn't a prayer. It was a releasing of the word of God. And as God's word is released into our lives, it brings the anointing, the power of the Holy Spirit. 
as people teach the Word of God, I'm not just talking about dry information. I'm not just talking about a history lesson. I'm talking about teaching with authority the principles of the kingdom of God, of the character of God, of who we are in Christ. It brings the power of God right into our situation that can bring physical healing, can set captives free every time. What else is good fruit from the good word of God? Well, according to the, the um, where is it, the fourth chapter, the third and the fourth chapters of Mark about the parable of the sower, the result of the taught word of God is the 30, 60, 100 fold return, is harvest. God's word, I've already said earlier, is a seed. It brings harvest into our lives. That's a financial harvest. That's a, that's a harvest of joy. That's a harvest in every area of life. As his word is sown as a seed, as we listen to the taught word of God, it's sown into our lives. And as we say, yep, by faith, I mix that word with faith. I'm going to be a doer of the word by the grace of God. You know what happens? The hundredfold return can flood through our lives. As we hear the taught word of God, we produce the harvest of what that word is saying. Finally, today as we close, what is our responsibility with this whole thing of teaching? Well, again, let's go back to the core of this. They devoted themselves. I want to encourage you today to devote yourself to the taught word of God. Not just a, a little verse on your phone every day. Not just a Sunday message once a week that just encourages you. Come on, the taught word of God. Going through the Psalms, going through the Proverbs, learning from the things of God, the principles of the kingdom. Devote yourself to the word of God. Fan into flame a passion and a hunger to hear God's word. I've been in nations, I've had the honor of preaching in so many nations around the world. And sometimes you go there and you say, you know, how long's the service? And they'll say, it's all day. We're starting at half past 10 in the morning and we're going through till people leave at 10 o'clock at night. Boom. People have come from miles around. They're not just there to hear a little half an hour service and that's great and we don't have a problem and of course we have busy lives and church on a Sunday. But you know what? Let's have that hunger on the inside that says, God, feed me with your word. I want to be overflowing with a good theme. My tongue will be the pen of a ready writer as I speak the word of God. I want to overflow with the word of God. I want to pray the word of God. God. See, you know, some of the most powerful prayers in the Bible is where they quoted scripture that had been written before. Acts chapter 4, they quoted scripture, the building shook. I want to encourage you when you pray to pray the word of God. How can we do that? By being taught the word of God. What's our responsibility is to pray in the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I want to hear your voice. It's not just about hearing somebody teach. As I've said from the very beginning of this message, it's about God speaking to us on the inside. He does that through the authoritative teaching of the Word of God, absolutely, or as we just open the Bible ourselves. But each and every time, whether you come to a service, as we come to a small group, let's come prepared, already prayed up, saying, Lord, speak to me today and help me encourage and stir up faith and love in somebody else. I want to come prepared, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, getting that hearing heart stirred up. I want to encourage you, every time you hear the Word of God taught, it just in your heart, speak Lord, your servant is listening. I want to hear your voice. 
And as a result, I couldn't finish today without saying this. We have a, a responsibility, as they did in the New Testament, to spread the word of God. Everything, do everything we can to give what we've learned, to bring the word of God, to feed somebody else's life. I want to encourage you, you've got something to say. You've got your own story of what God has done in your own life, your own testimony. And you can bring into that as you explain to people, as you, as you pour out with joy and love what God has done in your life, you can get God's word in there. It doesn't have to be quoting of chapter and verse when you're just trying to make a friend with somebody and talking to somebody about Jesus. But come on, we're here to spread the word of God. The Bible says the word of God spread as we go through the book of Acts. I hope you're reading the book of Acts, going through it. It's a great book to read. You'll find time and time again, the word grew. The Word of God increased. The Word of God spread. Everywhere they went, the Bible says, when the church is, is um, scattered in the persecution early on in Acts, it says, everywhere they went, they preached the Word of God. They taught people the Word of God. Come on, friend. I'm not saying you are ever going to stand on a platform and teach a congregation, but we've all got something to say. I want to encourage you. Open your mouth, pray in the Holy Ghost and allow God to pour His Word inside and pour it out of your mouth into this world. The Bible says, holding out the Word of life, we will shine the light of God. Friend, I want to ask you today, have you ever made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? I've been speaking about the early church and about how the church grew and a healthy, glorious church is a church that is devoted to the apostles' doctrine. But this is not just an academic study. This is a relationship with God the Father who so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes on Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That's what the Word of God says. I'm not going to try to dilute that, add to it or take away from it. You must be born again, the Bible says. You must receive Jesus Christ as Lord of your life because there is an eternity and you are going to live it forever either, either in the presence of God, in His glory, in His goodness, in His forgiveness, in His grace or apart from God if you don't receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Friend, I'm believing God that the Holy Spirit is doing a work on your heart right now to say, come on, humble yourself, receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. He died for you on the cross to pay the price for your sin, for all your failure, for all your shame, your sickness, your poverty. He took it all on the cross. But our response is this. The Bible says to humble yourself and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I receive you as my Lord and my Saviour. And today we're going to do that now through a prayer, very simple prayer, but if you pray it out of your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit and it's, and it's from a conviction on the inside that says, I need Jesus in my life, the Bible says you'll be born again. You'll be transferred from darkness to light. The Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, will come into your heart. The Bible says they take out an old dead heart and put in a brand new spirit on the inside, back in the image of God to have a relationship with the Father. And that can start right now today as you pray this prayer with me. Pray it out, out of your mouth, pray it line after line, just like I say it. Let's pray together to the Heavenly Father who loves you, the Creator God. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you demonstrated your love through sending your Son 
to die on the cross, to pay the price for my sin and to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you today as my Lord and my Saviour. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, the Holy Spirit right now has done a work on the inside. You're now a child of God. There's going to be other steps. We, of course, especially after today, we're going to encourage you to get a Bible. Uh, you know, a Bible you can understand. If you understand all the these and thous and some of the old English, that's fine. But I'm going to encourage you to get a more contemporary version. Here we use the New King James Version. But you know what? There are so many great versions out there. Um, but I'm going to encourage you to get a Bible, but also to get involved in a local church somewhere in your area. If you're anywhere near Citygate Church here in South East London, we'd love to see you. But there will be a church in your area where you fit like a hand in a glove. God bless you. Have an amazing week, friends. Let's spend time with God's Word this week. Let's devote ourselves to the Apostles' teaching. God bless you. Have an amazing week, and I'll see you next Sunday.